Hey fellas, welcome to Guys in Grief, sponsored by Emma's Footprints and First Candle. We started this podcast for fathers like us that have experienced pregnancy or infant loss. You see, when we went through these life-changing experiences, we struggled to find resources that were specifically for men in support of navigating this grieving process. We're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. We're three friends. We're grieving fathers that have been through the unthinkable and want to help others by talking about the unique and often undiscussed perspective of men that have experienced child loss. We welcome you to join us on this journey. Share your stories, the challenges, laugh with us, maybe shed a tear or two, and help each other as we navigate honoring our children, grief, supporting our family, and trying to find better days ahead. Let's get into it. Well, hey, fellas, welcome to another episode of Guys in Grief Season 2. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I am Brandon. And Brandon has entered grief. the group chat. Let's welcome <laughs> back. Good. I'm here, guys. Hi. Hi. Brandon, we missed you last episode, man. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Me and Joellen spent a day full of packing. I bought her some beautiful flowers. I'm, I'm going to toot myself my own horn. Toot, toot, toot. Uh, some romantic. Flowers. Oh, there's Horses. not a toot button on the media. Damn it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, hang on. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on. Oh, oh shit. Thank you. That's actually a standing ovation. <laughs> I just get like a sitting. I was looking for more of the round of applause. That's, but that, I'll, I'll take it later. But otherwise, it was fantastic. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys holding on the fort. And this was beautiful. Our ninth, nine, nine years. Wow. Nine, nine years. Nine that's years. amazing. Congratulations. This lady for 13. I can't believe she's dealing with him still. And I don't know if we've that's ever great. said on the pod, uh, real quick, Brandon, where did you meet my sister? Say it again. That's right. <laughs> the Bills love runs deep. Bills Mafia, marriage, I love it. You know what, guys? We've been pretty good on season two on not talking about the Bills. I know. Since it's the off season. Recording. It's yeah, it's the off season, dude. Off season. Bit, but yeah. you guys see the shirt, though, yeah? I, I do see the shirt. Lots of love. I um, think I'm going to be going up for training camp if any of our listeners want to... Uh... Hit me up and say hello. I'm taking oh, my son again. Me too. Do the same. I'll be there. Likewise. One nice. of our uh, very uh, wonderful listeners, Thomas, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but uh, comments all the time. And he literally yeah. wrote a couple of days. Did you see it on Facebook? Like, yeah. I just happened to be in I'm Buffalo for work and it made me think about you guys. Hope you're well. It was really oh. cool. <laughs> I actually messaged him to see love if he would come Thank up, you, like, hang out for a beer or something like that. So we'll ah, see. I love we'll see it. How it goes. Wonderful. We'll well, ladies and mostly gentlemen, uh, we are incredibly excited for episode five of season two to jump back into one of our favorite episodes of last year. Uh, and, and clearly based on the, uh, the stats of listening and, uh, and engagement, uh, one of your favorite episodes of last year. Uh, and we are back with a, a full chock full episode of Nobody Prepares You For. If you, yeah, if you are new to G&G, uh, sorry, go ahead, fellas. 
You were just excited. I'm saying what you said. No one prepared you for. We need like a. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, boys, I'm excited for this one. This is yeah. like unfiltered. Just buckle up, grab a drink, and let's go. Damn oh, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. This, you oh, know, yeah. I, I think everybody knows we always we literally drink on every single one of these episodes. It's uh, <laughs> uh, last G and G Q and A. Brian had talked to, and I talked about uh, non-positive coping mechanisms, but <laughs> alcohol plays a part in both sides of the world. Uh, and, talking about your feelings, I think qualifies as a positive one. I damn sure agree with that. Uh, so listen, uh, join us in partaking in a beverage if you choose. Um, and let's have some real fucking talk. Oh yeah. Remember last year is when we really started busting out the cuss words too. Um, and that's going to happen. You got to make the the disclaimer, total disclaimer on this one. Explicit. Yeah. This is the bad boy episode. Triple X. Uh, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, sorry. Uh, rated R. Is that what I meant? Yes, we don't need yeah. Double X, my sir. You're going a little too far. <laughs> so, for those of you, it's Brandon's anniversary. So, yeah, uh, he, he's been in the triple X mood. No, <laughs> oh, no, spice it up. He's throwing one it. joke. <laughs> All we need is this. <laughs> That's what we need right there. For our listeners, Brad's uh sister is married to brandon so yeah he's looking um, very flush right now <laughs> no, it just is i'm naturally so pale um so <laughs> if you're new to guys in grief or didn't listen to last year's nobody prepares you for um oh. let's let's set the table a little bit here so this is an episode where we are going to go through uh, a handful of topics think of it like a rapid fire g and g q a um, maybe not rapid fire, but where we're talking on a handful of topics, you know, maybe for five, six, seven, eight minutes each, um, that are kind of in the vein of a G and G Q and a, but weren't ones that we wanted to go so deep into that we're dedicating a whole episode to it, but ones that we felt were really important and impactful to navigating this grief world. Um, so if you did not listen to last year's, nobody prepares you for, uh, hang up call us back, uh, but go take a listen to last year or last season's episode, um, because I think one, you'll find some really interesting themes and maybe some topics that you might be looking for, um, but it also kind of uh, pivot nicely into what we plan to do here today. The build on season two's focus here is last year, Brandon, Brian, and I each came up with three topics of what nobody prepared us for. This year, we haven't prepared shit. Uh, you are not, not a thing. You guys did a homework for thing. us. That's right. So thank you to all of you. Uh, you may, if you follow us on social, we reached out to you with posts and videos asking for your topics, and you delivered. Um, thank you for everybody that sent us different nobody prepares you for moments that you wanted us to cover. And originally, we were going to come up with some of our own and maybe a few of yours. And we got so many great ones that we just said. We're going to make this like we're having a conversation with you. So you asked us a question. We're not prepared answers. We are going to read the question and then react. Um, and we felt like that was the most natural and really truly feel like we're you know engaged in a one-on-one discussion, having a drink, sitting around by a fire, 
uh, being vulnerable for a moment Ooh. and talking about these things. So mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the take, boys. Anything else there? No, let's go. I'm ready go to. For it. You hit it right in the head. Address it, yeah. Beautiful. All right, Brandon, start us out with our first. Nobody prepares you for. Mister, this one come from Chris White. I don't, on, I don't know. He is. I don't know how old he is, but he has written us a fantastic one, which I think is going to be awesome. Okay, ready? Here, ready? Thank you, Chris, for writing it. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Appreciate you, bud. Uh, no one prepares you for the rest of your life. You're going to have to put your feelings on the shelf and deal with them later because some people care, but most people don't want to be around sadness all the time. Chris, you hit it right in the head with that one. Um, fellas, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I really, I think that last sentence kind of, mm-hmm. when I first heard it, and it, it about putting your feelings on the shelf, like we never want to promote that. Mm-hmm. Like we want to promote you always talking about your feelings. But I, I, I see where he's going with that segment yep. where he's saying, people don't want to be around sadness. And that is true universally. You know, it's sadness is, it sucks. You you want people to be joyful and happy and you don't want to be that guy that's talking about your loss all the time and, and, and bringing people into your sadness. Um, so I get that. And it's, I wasn't prepared for it because I mean, you guys know me. I'm all three of us are the same way. We're like, I think inherently positive, happy, energetic guys like, like to bring the energy. And then we've all gone through this loss and that's now forced us to, you know, maybe tone it down a little bit and now have to, we, we live with this loss and, and um, it's just different, you know, and you do have to shelve, uh, some of those emotions uh, because it, it's a very heavy subject that we're dealing with. Completely yeah, agree. I, you know, Jessica and I and Ashton, we moved to Pittsburgh about a year and a half ago and we built a new home in a brand new subdivision community. And it's awesome. And it's tons of families all around our age, kids everywhere. And we've gotten really close with a lot of these families. And right when we moved here and, you know, would do a little, happy hour, dinner, you know, having drinks with the families and getting to know each other. You know, we decided early on that sharing our story and our, our lost journey was important because it's an important part of who we are. Natural, there's kids fucking everywhere here. So everyone's going to be like, when are you going to have another one? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like literally the guy who the closest guy I'm with in the neighborhood has five kids. There's multiple with three. Like it's, it's a big community of kids. And so we knew that was going to come up. It was inevitable. So we shared early on with, all these new neighbors and new friends, our lost journey. And we've, you know, naturally we got comfortable and everybody was unbelievably empathetic. Uh, so we didn't have to put our feelings on a shelf, but where I hit where this one really hit to me was like, people don't want to be around sadness all the time is Jessica. And I found that because they were so empathetic and willing to talk that we ended up talking a lot about our loss to these, you know, relatively new friends and at one point, I remember Jessica, after a couple came over and had dinner, and we talked for quite some time, uh, yeah. Jessica literally said to me, she's like, we got to stop talking about it so much because like, we don't want people thinking we're just like the sad family in the neighborhood. 
right. It, it was a great point. I'm so glad she said it because, like, yeah. we don't want people like, oh, Brad and Jess are great, but man, I can't do drinks with them again tonight because all they're going to want to talk about is the sad stuff. And like, it was such a wonderful point that she brought up. I get you, Chris White. Um, yeah. You're nail on the head, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You between the, the, both your stories, I think we all. I mean, I know myself also. Just sitting there, and like, like Brian, like you said, we are very, you know, center of attention type of people. All three of all us. All three like, of us. Can, yes. All three of us. Like we can walk into a room and like lights, cameras, action, but <laughs> <laughs> literally. But um, definitely, you don't want like we, we didn't. I didn't want to be that person walking into, you know. I, I always relate everything back to school and stuff like that for me. You know, I, I had to be upbeat. I had to be, yeah. you know, hey, it's Mr. Thurman. Hey, I, I had to be that center of, of, of energy for the students. And I had to mm. kind of like put my feelings like. Yeah, to shelve them temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. For, for those eight hours I'm at work, I kind of have to like put on the show. And I can totally understand and see where, you know, Chris was like, hey, man, this this sucks. No one does prepare you for this, though. Hey, man, great question. I appreciate that. Uh, Brian, you next, bud? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Real quick. The, the, and, uh, and then we'll quickly pick. But, like, the mm-hmm. piece that I think we all glazed over, and I'm so glad this caught my eye, what, that we missed was, and deal with them later. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, you need to put your feelings on a shelf and yeah. deal, with them, deal with them later. And I think that's yeah. an important call out here. It's like, you're not yeah. putting your sh- feelings on a shelf forever. But it was... Brian, Brian, and you said like sometimes you got to put on the show, you got to you know put on a brave mm-hmm. face, and then yeah. deal with them later. And that's an important piece of like you're not uh, escaping this. This is our life. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a really really good question, Chris yeah. White. Thanks for starting us off, man. Brian, yeah. over to you. nobody prepares you for that. You you want to be joyful and and yourself the whole time. Authentic. kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. All right, next question, Trey Shroff. How you doing, bud? Uh, he wrote in and he said, nobody prepares you for the balance of joy and grief when you have children after a loss, um, which uh, we all have children, um, yeah. now and Brandon, what, what do you, you start that's, with Gabby? That's a little different for me because we had Gabby before we lost Astoria. So mm-hmm. looking into this, like, I guess I put a lot of my... All well, a lot of extra love and extra care for Gabby after we lost Astoria, and I, it, it's funny. My sister says something to me. Uh, I, I realize we never talked about this, but this is. So my sister was like, "I hope you don't overcompensate on for Gabby because you lost Astoria." And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Gabby? What are you talking about? Like, I can do what I want. She goes, Brad, I just don't want you to overcompensate because you lost Astoria and just over parent, over getting mm. over, you know, discipline, over, uh, you know, whatever, helicopter. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want you to be a helicopter. That's not you. And it takes, I guess, it took my sister to say that. Anyone else, it totally got the fuck you. But yep. my sister, I'm like, you're right. Like, I, I, I get it. I, I totally understand. So, I, it's a little different for me just because we had Gabby yeah, yep. first and then trying out yeah. and just didn't work out. So Wise words from the incomparable Swazetta. Wow. Brian, 
Brian, why don't you answer this yeah. one? Because you, you've experienced this. Yeah, because, you know, we've had two kids after yeah. we lost Austin. Um, so I, I, there's two things that kind of came to my mind when I was thinking this. One, I, I, I totally get it. Like, I, I can relate to trying to balance joy and grief. Um, again, nobody prepares you for a grief like this. So I, you think, I always imagined kids, joy, being a dad. It's like, that's what I wanted to do my whole life. And now I have to balance it out, uh, especially with my latest two daughters, um, where the grief's always there. I'm always dealing with it, trying to get better from it. Um, but there's, you know, these moments that should be 100% joy where Grace or Eve does something amazing or we have a, a great experience together or an activity. And all I can think of sometimes in those moments is I wish Austin was here. And it, it, it's, it happens a lot. It happens with Colin who was living and he's a boy and I've talked about uh, the pain that I've always deal with that like Colin's not going to have a brother, but I think that's kind of one one thing that I see balancing joy and grief. Uh, the the other thing is a lot of is grief also causes a lot of fear with joyful moments. Like if mm-hmm. my youngest girls are doing something cute, like Grace is like playing on a playground or something, and I just the second I hear her cry, you know, I like I just should be joyful, like experiencing it, but the grief creeps in and I'm immediately think of worst case scenario Hmm. or like if I don't see the kids and I hear like an ambulance, I just think like triggers, it's it's triggers that come in. And again, it's, it's ways grief has really affected joyful moments with my living children. Brian, can I ask, this is a pretty personal question here. So I hope you're, you're comfortable with it. Um, when, you guys birthed grace was there a grief feeling there so grace is your first for everyone that doesn't know grace is your first child your rainbow baby after austin this unbelievably joyous moment was there a heaviness there the heaviness came i would say as we were holding grace in the hospital room when everything has calmed down i think the chaotic nature of a birth Mm -hmm. and we also were surprised by the gender so that's right you know we were just so excited to find out what it is to be with each other it's kind of happy tears but i think when that adrenaline kind of wears off a little bit the heaviness of not having austin uh was there we we lindsay and i it, it was crying um, it was moments of seeing Austin in Grace's face because mm-hmm. um, we lost Austin at five weeks and you see physical features that are very similar in the, in the two babies. And that, that was like crying, like ugly crying, you know, when you, you see that and, mm-hmm. and it, it comes back to you, but it's a great question. Yeah. Can I, can I tag onto that? I've never thought I thought I was the only one. So when Astoria passed away, like I saw glimpses of Gabby, who was mm. your first child, in yeah. that, in her. 
And like, I can't lose Gavi. I can't lose Gavi. I can't lose Gavi. Yeah. Wow, that's all the only one. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely not, man. You are not alone in that whatsoever. Yeah, totally. Brian, thank you for your your honesty and that mm-hmm. uh, impromptu question there because it's that's heavy yeah. stuff, but um, probably Trey. very real. And I yeah. think a lot of what Trey was leading at here. Um, this one is from our friend at Anonymous, uh, and not that is not their actual oh, Instagram him. handle. I love Anonymous. At, He's my boy. He that. writes in all the time on shit. <laughs> um, but it's, all right, so nobody prepared Anonymous for. Uh, This is a longer one, so I wanted to try to read it off here. How people aren't equipped to support people with baby loss. Not that I don't want to, but I don't realize how much educating I needed to do, uh, which can be exhausting. Also, people don't prepare fathers on how society and medical systems confuse stillbirths with live births. We still seem as the supporter, only the mother bears the burden of suffering in the same hospital wards as live births, etc. So that was a lot to unpack there. Um, But, um, you know, initial thoughts here on sort of the education piece and that nobody prepared anonymous for like the role that we end up having to play in that. Can I take that first? Yeah, I I guess you're absolutely correct. No one does prepare you for just the unknown information that comes to, you know, when you lose a child. I think the biggest thing I remember is just like, I would relate everything to the freaking funeral homes. The the nurse, was, the doctor was like, hey, do you have any funeral home arrangements? I'm like, wait, what? I am 20-something or 30-something years old. Who the hell is thinking about a funeral home at this point? Right? That was not my, that was not my thought, number one. Number two. Can I, can I provide two, some levity here for a second? Please, the only thing for people not from Buffalo, New York, Buffalo, the largest funeral home conglomerate, I don't know what it is, they're all yeah. over the fucking place, is yeah, literally, so it's the last, you know, a lot of funeral homes are usually a family business, it's yeah. Amagon is the family name, but oh, it's literally yeah. spelled Am I Gone. A-M-I-G-O-N-E. From the literally my whole life, I'm like that is inappropriate. But I guess you own the business, anyways. Sorry, I had to provide a little levity here. No, but that but you don't you don't think about it. <laughs> that wasn't a shameless plug, but it was a plug. It wasn't. Yeah, plug. yeah. You guys can be a sponsor too if you'd like. I mean, yeah. Please sign up. Thank you. Uh, anyways, no, but like, no one prepared you for that. Like, I, I, you don't know like what to do. What's the next step? I mean, they're, the nurses are giving you all this information and like all you can sit there and stare at me like, I don't give a fuck about that. I just lost a child. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the, 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 I don't care about the funeral arrangement right now, to be honest with you. I don't care about if who can come into the room. I don't care about what, what food we're going to eat. I, I don't care about that right now. We just lost a child. Like that's all I care about yeah. right now. And I think, uh, what's the other part here? Sorry, go ahead, Brock. Well, I've got a question for you, um, yes, with, especially with the stillbirth. When he talks about um, stillbirths and live births, I mean, are those happening in the same ward? So you, you're, are you like next to a room of a family that's having yes. a real baby and experiencing we were... the most amazing yes. day of their lives and you're experiencing yes. the worst day of your lives? We were in the same room we had Gabby. 
what the fuck? Like that. Right, that I that feel was like my, that, that should be choice. at least that in a different wing or something. Yeah, like the opposite side of the, like you know, yeah. around yeah, the U. We were... So when we did a termination for medical reasons with mm-hmm. Beckham, it was on labor and delivery. Jesus, yep. I never so thought of that. Where like we're there and we're like crying happiness and we're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like this is amazing. And you don't, you don't even think that the next room over. Somebody's going like, through the worst day of their lives. But you just don't know. Like, like, I never would have thought about that for the first child. We wouldn't have thought about Completely. that. Completely. Like, you think this is the happiest no. floor on earth, Everyone right? Like, this is the Disney the hospital. Right. Yeah, Stork's just dropping off babies left and right. Right. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> it's yeah, not that, that way. Yeah. I, you, I guess I never thought of that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. And let me see. We're, we're still... What was the other part B? Uh, or still seeing this? Oh, so I, I think it's sort of like the. Yeah, I think yeah. we addressed it. I mean, it's. We did. We did. Yeah. And that we kind of have to be a quick study on the world of grief and loss. That, like, we have to yeah. know how to have these conversations with doctors, with funeral homes, with, okay. you know, uh, medical experts or, you know, the, the police in certain situations. And, and it's a fucking. And, and it seems like the hospital, too, mm-hmm. might have. You know, you still have people walking in. They're like, don't know if it's a stillbirth or live birth, right. and it's just oh, there, there's no empathy baby. there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, take us to the next one. With by the way, the best uh, name that we've got here so far. <laughs> I'm so happy you have to read this. You know, right? The next. Like the pause. I don't know why I do. That. I like the pause. People think we love nope. the, the podcast stops when you do that. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I love like, it uh, I, don't, I hate they're they're like hitting pause. They're checking their phones. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, hold on. Wait. Wait a, wait a minute. All right. Get the to next, it. Uh, no one prepared you for is from Long Legs Big City. Boom. Hey. Small city. So, I, what would you guys be? When you say I'm Round Legs Small City. Oh, raw belly, small city. <laughs> Bellies. That's your burner account. Round yeah. leg. Cold city. Long... We'll go cold city. I'm bald head steel city. Ooh. Oh, Brian, you got to do it now. I I guess, I don't know, my average legs, uh, uh, town. Coastal city. Coastal city. <laughs> Coastal city. <laughs> Well, I we appreciate right. this coming from Tell one of our on. lady listeners, Long Legs Big City. She's not a guy, but I think her husband would agree. No one prepares him for months of weekly specialist appointments and the amount of time off work he needed, excuse me, to explain away, oh, sorry, to explain away the chaperone, to, sorry, explain away to chaperone me to a doctor uh, because of my anxiety. Wow. Yeah, that's going to hit home, I think, to a lot of guys. We haven't really talked about that as far as the time required, especially if you listen to last week's episode, you know, with the IVF Mm -hmm. and and going to those appointments and everything. It it is a time commitment. I mean, it's another job. Right. And I think they're saying, like, she said, uh, let me see, asking for the, like, and then also, like, people asking for the time. Like, why are you taking the time off? And, like, his anxiety probably going up with that. Like, you got to take off again? Like, why are you going to take off again? I totally understand that. Um, 
wow, what do you guys think here? Like, what do you guys? Brad, yeah, I mean, yeah. go ahead, Brad. You went through yeah. this. Yeah, I went through this a lot. You know, five yeah. times, and you know, some at. You know, and a little bit of what I'm taking from this statement from Long Lakes Big City is, you know, post loss, you know, so it's not just the, you know, weeks or months uh, prior to losing a child. It's because she said uh, anxiety was so high. I needed him there through and uh, th all through it and felt bad asking. Mm -hmm. I know he felt that he couldn't say no. And yeah, like you're trying to balance going back to work, being at work, raising a living child if you have one your life, your wife going through this, uh, pre and post, you know, there's, there's a huge PTSD piece to this grief world and losing a child. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, how do you get back to, you know, you're back at work for a month, you're trying to balance the household and you know, your wife is needing mm -hmm. you and grieving and having, you know, PTSD moment or anxiety outside the door. And you got to, sorry, boss, I, I got to step away for the day. Like, that is, that is tough stuff to deal with. And of course we want to do that as the supporting empathetic husband or, or uh, you know, uh, not husband, um, you know, dating or whatever you are, but we'll just use husband in this. Um, but it's really hard to navigate your own grief supporting. We talked about that a lot, right? Like supporting your wife through their grief, through their anxiety and emotions. Um, and navigating the you know the volume of time that goes into yeah. all of this process. Yeah. yeah. Can I just For say sure. kudos to at husband of long legs big city uh <laughs> because he's a good husband and you know mm -hmm. she she says at the end of the comment like I know he felt he couldn't say no mm -hmm. and uh it's it's true you know that I I know there's probably there there were appointments that I I missed because of work um, you know, for, for Linz and, um, you know, kudos to him for, you know, being there. And I'm sure it took a lot of sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely some things that me and Joellen went through just counseling as a whole and just taking, finding like sitters and finding other people that can watch Gabby while we go do our, you know, support thing that we needed to do. Like that was mm -hmm. an extra couple hours from someone else's time I and mean, I felt really bad doing those like guilty yep. I guess I can say for taking those times and like not like helping you know not making sure our, our family and friends are supported also too like that's just my natural character like, so just yeah. being supportive so yeah that's an excellent one. Oh, shout out to our lady you. listeners shout out long legs big city we appreciate you thank you for listening thanks for repping for Absolutely. the ladies mm-hmm all right, right. So the next the next one is from not the real B Griffin, which Hang I'm on. assuming Blake be, Griffin. I mean, Blake, Blake, Blake Griffin, or like it's it's Brian Griffin the from the Family Guy. Like, oh, is it not I really him? Isn't that Pete Griffin? <laughs> well, I, I'm Brian's gonna go with the son. Blake oh. Griffin. I, I one of my favorite podcasts too <laughs> is um, Pardon My Take, and yeah. Blake Ooh. Griffin is always popular on that, and and. Uh, he wins Blake of the Year a bunch of times, so I'm sure. <laughs> so this is not uh, him. It, I mean, it, it this might is not be. him. This is not the real Blake Griffin. He stayed or this is him. Or this is him. This is his burner account, right? Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it well, is. I'm on the podcast, but like, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, he said, after losing your child, 
uh, when you have those brief moments where you smile or laugh or potentially enjoy yourself, you beat yourself up and put guilt on yourself over that in the worst way. If I enjoyed myself one day, I'd make myself feel twice as terrible the next two. And I think we can all relate to that. Um, We've talked about it a lot on this pod. Um, Boys, take it away. Brad, what what, what do you think? Brandon, did you have some? I'm going to take this. I'm sorry. Okay. Go, go. There's a moment. Okay. So there's a moment that like resonates with me and it's going with Gavi to like a, I think it was like a circus, not a circus, like a, a, some type of amusement park thing. And Brian, actually, your dad was with us. And like, we went just to like to celebrate and just have a good time and kind of get out the house. And we get home and <laughs> Joellen turns on our globe for Gavi. And I instantly look up and I'm like, motherfucker. Like, explain what, explain what the globe is, Brandon, oh, real my, quick. My apologies. So the, we have a globe with uh, some of Gap, some of Gavi, Jesus Christ, some of Astoria's ashes in it and the globe kind of like lights up with you know different colors so on and so forth so on and so forth and um it it, it shines on our ceiling and it just looks beautiful it's like a good um not memorial a, yeah memorial to beautiful Astoria so go back turn so Ironically, the following day, I didn't have to work still. I was still off um, from, you know, taking off the time. And I'm sitting on the couch in our Shay's couch and just, like, moping. And Joelle was like, what is wrong? I'm like, nothing. She goes, what is wrong? You just seem, like, out of it. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm sitting there dwelling on that, like, this is not fair. This is not fair. Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. I can totally yeah. resonate with that. Wow, I didn't think about. I've never thought about that. So yeah. I just, wow. I mean, it's wow. unbelievably relatable yeah. at every like. So I, the one that really stands out to me, and we could all probably give fifty examples on this, but it was yeah. literally the minute we pulled in from the hospital after yeah. losing Beckham. Um, I'm not going to talk about how the my horrible experience with the valet driver. If you want to know about that one, go listen to last year's. Nobody prepares you for that's quite a doozy, and you'll get a you good. Filed a lawsuit, by the way, last year. So we're yeah, still I'm, dealing with that. We can't talk about it. Yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed back in the state of Connecticut. Um, no, it's it's a good story though. Um, so literally, we get in the car that he gave us the keys to, and we drive home. And it's like this big fall day. And I may have shared this. I don't know if it was in the pot or just with you guys. Um, but my father-in-law, Kirk, and Ashton, uh, or Ashton at this point is a little over two years old, are playing in the leaves. We had like big trees surrounding our house. And Kirk had uh, graciously, we were at the hospital for four days. Um, you know, it started raking leaves into huge leaf piles. And Ashton's running the piles and having a glorious time. You know, like leaf piles in the fall when you're two going on three, it's like the best thing in the world, right? Like what I loved doing that as a kid. And so we pull in from being in the hospital for multiple days from the worst day of our life. And I see my living son just living, like having the best, you know, living his life to the fullest at the moment. And I was like, well, I got to go be good dad right now. So I literally like Mm -hmm. play in the leaves. I haven't seen him for days, right? Mm -hmm. He, kind of knows what's happening, but he's two. 
he doesn't really know what's happening. And so we go and I just like spent like 10 minutes playing in the leaves, having fun, being a good dad in the moment, and then fucking bawled my eyes out in the bedroom by myself in a private moment minutes mm -hmm. after because I felt terrible being a good dad to my living son when mm -hmm. I just left the hospital with the son yep. that we didn't bring home. Yeah, that, yeah. that's thing. Yeah, I, it's totally relatable. I, smiling and laughing is is so much of like guys and and kind of like a culture of who we are. Being with your friends, laughing, smiling, having good times. I I can't say that I was happy because I had this guilt for months after we lost Austin. Like that, it just it, it was really hard for me to have enjoyable times. I avoided situations of going out with my boys um mm -hmm. it, it honestly it, it wasn't until i i kind of started talking with you fellas and and mm -hmm. other guys that might have gone through it um where you know you both in that or whoever you're talking to you're in that world together and you know you can start laughing again i think a lot of it it, it does take time you're never I still feel guilt about having really good times. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like my priorities aren't right or, or something like that. I should be grieving or mm -hmm. thinking about Austin. Great point, will... by the way, Brian, we should come oh, back yeah, to you that. Get that. Yeah, you get the bar on that one. That's a bar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at, it's never time, never heals wounds. It's like, I don't, I hate that cliche because it's always with us, but um, I, I think, as time goes on, we talk about going on dates with your spouse and eventually you're going to start laughing about things again. And, you know, I think that's important to know. Fantastic point, man. All right. Probably yeah. appreciate you sharing that. Man. That's awesome. Great. No, great okay. examples. And great question, Blake Griffin. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from, and I hope I'm saying this correctly. Forgive me if I'm wrong at Barack underscore Mavici, um, who is a huge supporter of us, comments, uh, messages us many, many times. Um, so thank you for your continuous support. And many of uh, our, our uh, previous comments, uh, Trey Shroff, Chris White, uh, huge supporters of the pod. Uh, nevertheless, Barack had to say, uh, no one prepares you for telling your living child that their younger sibling won't be coming home. It's been over eight months and it still shatters my heart when my daughter talks about my son that passed away. They were insepar uh, inseparable, uh, inseparable at just one and a half years apart. Um, Brian, I'll, I'll come to you on this one again, because this clearly mm -hmm. seems like, you know, the loss of a, a, a living child and having to explain that to your other living child. Uh, I mean, Brock, you, you said it perfectly it's nobody prepares you for that it, it's you have to explain you know if if you believe in god you talk about you know heaven and and guardian angels and you you try to you want to incorporate your lost one in your living children's lives uh but it, it's not easy it's fucking awful when your living child especially when they were so close and inseparable it's trying to explain to them what happened, you know, and as they get older and as my oldest Colin, who's now six, 
as he gets older and smarter, he's asking more uh, detailed questions. It's not, you know, just the innocent, you know, mm-hmm. three-year-old asking what's going on. It, it, as they get older, they start asking questions and it, 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 I, I'm still struggling for answers, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't think we went into great detail with Gabby about Astoria. We just told her she passed away. But, I mean, she's getting to that age where she's definitely getting smarter and definitely asking a lot more questions. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of terrified about explaining the full detail to yeah. her about what happened to her sister. So it, it kind of... It's an uneasy feeling. I totally understand that your, you know, your thoughts, Brian, on even yours, Brian, too. And I mean, yeah, it's that too. And all our listeners. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be a whole tough pill to swallow that day. And I pray, pray that Joellen will take the lead on. <laughs> I'll support yeah, you, just, honey. Yeah, when he when they come up to you, just be like, uh, yeah, you got to go talk to mom on that. Sorry, <laughs> she's got all the details. No, yeah, I mean, I think we we've touched on this topic a little bit, and we've talked in the sense of like the the beauty of your living children, how they keep their yeah. memories alive, um, the the memories of your lost children alive. But I think this one is it's interesting because the Brian, we just talked on the last part of like the scale of loss and how all loss is lost, but the, you know, there's a gradation to it. This one is really where you start to get into some of those nuances because what I'm getting from Barack is probably a similar situation like yourself, Brian, where it was a living child um, that was lost where for Brandon and I, it was a child that never took a breath and lived on this earth. And explaining those two different situations like explaining to colin when he's held austin and barack whose child held another child like there's that uh, the human element that piece um you know if we all know like heaven live a child you take a toy away from them that they feel an emotional connection with right like that's hard enough explaining that compared to explaining beckham or story when they haven't seen a face or held a hand or kissed a baby or what like th- that scale is just so much higher it's hard enough for the brandons and brian's and i that didn't have to do that piece of it and i'm with you brandon i'm ter- mm-hmm. for those that don't know my story you know jessica and i did a termination for medical reasons and there's you know there's stigmas around a lot of that stuff and mm-hmm. you know we will share that with uh ashton one day and that's a really difficult conversation to have and it's an important conversation to have um but i my heart goes out to you brock and, and brian i can see you're getting a little emotional here man because yeah it's, it's hard yeah <laughs> I, usually we don't cry during this episode but yeah it, it not only this but having to answer questions and explain it um you know to living children it it's a trigger too you know and I've had to be vulnerable in front of my living child, mm-hmm. uh, which is something as a man, I never, I, I always want to be the rock and, and want to be strong and never seem weak, I guess is the right word. But, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to be vulnerable in some of those moments and tell the truth. Um, Cause obviously you never want to lie to your kids um, and they're going to find out eventually as they grow older. Um, but yeah, it's, 
it's triggering. It's, it's very difficult thing to navigate that nobody prepares you for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, our, (laughs) our next one we got here. That was a tough one. Thank you for sharing with Lefty. Is this me? No, you're right. This is you. This is me. Okay. Uh, next one. This maybe uh, isn't at- as much of our bad boy episode as last year's. This is uh, right. No, but we thank you all as listeners for giving us this real honest question. conversations yeah. to respond to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at BBKC1. Huge um, supporter yeah. of the pod. Thank yeah, you. Shout out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, BBKC1. Really appreciate we appreciate you listening and following us. Definitely so. Um, no one prepares you for your social, social circle. Yeah social circle changing after the loss of your child because most if not all all are too uncomfortable to step into your world for a moment and listen or acknowledge your child's existence and then quote that we have even after explaining that's what you need truth bomb so you yeah yeah so you're telling them that you need the support and the love and everything under the sun for that and they're still kind of like womp womp we're are you you're okay are you good bye-bye <laughs> yeah fuck you i'm great leave me the fuck alone i'm good i totally right. said i totally have uh family members quote-unquote close friends i definitely closed the door on a lot of them and that's just how i am i'm not gonna waste time on trying or be overstepping and trying to be the person that you need. I mean, you weren't there when I needed you. Friendship qualifies to balance. It's a a balance here. We got to support me. I support you. I can't do all the support. And I learned a lot within this, you know, tragedy that a lot of the friends that you might call friends, but a lot of the people that you would not expect have stepped up. Mm -hmm. Crazy. It's crazy how much we watched that. I think we touched on this on certain episodes, I think on this a little bit last year, but it's it's a really interesting point of like the social circles changing. Like we've talked about who has surprised you, who's shown up for you and who hasn't. Um, and mm-hmm. you know we've, we've touched on that topic most. But this is like the like in general, like the larger scale social know. circle piece. And I think that's a really interesting point because like I I've had Brian, like you and I have been great friends for 10 years. But I feel like we've gotten closer because of what we've been through yep. and doing this together. Um, and there's, you know, Brandon, you do a great job of like, if you're not serving me, if you're not benefiting my family, if you're not helping and supporting, uh, if you're regressing Kid us, we, you're, you're out. Kid and rocks. <laughs> and I'm not as good as that as you are. Um, you but there rocks. are relationships that have definitely changed. Um, there are, you know, I feel differently about people than I used to because of all of this. And I want to, I, I took a print screen of this just a couple of days ago, not even knowing this question. Um, but from the awesome Instagram page of mama's matter here, 10,000 plus followers. Um, she wrote something recently that has just really struck a chord with me that I literally like print screened it on Instagram because mm-hmm. the, the positive, of the social circle changing is you find this grief community and mm-hmm. it's incredibly powerful. And she wrote, Uh, I've never felt like I was a part of a community before becoming a lost parent. I've never had, quote, online friends before. I've never had people that validated me so unquestionably the way you folks do. I never felt so safe to share my story before I met you. So thank you to everyone that is here, whether you're a lost parent or not. 
you are a part of this community and I appreciate you. Mm. That's true. Okay. And that it just, it, well it's, said. you know, mm-hmm. BBKC one who asked this question, Barack Mavici, not the real big different. All the guests that we've had, Chris White, you know, the people that are answering these or asking these questions, like you are a part of our new evolved social circle because of mm-hmm. this. Think of the Sad Dads Club. We didn't know yeah, those yeah. guys. Like we kind of knew Chris Piasecki a little bit through a friend of a friend type of thing. And now, like those who don't know, we're super close. We chat via text thread with those guys almost oh, daily like yeah. and you know supporting each other through difficult times laughing a lot more than you know yeah. crying um and that social circle has massively evolved and that's yeah. a you know it's a tough part but it also can be a really beautiful thing absolutely Ugly. yeah i just want to give a shout out too we also got a, a email from uh, jason uh dykstra yes uh, i hope i said that right mm-hmm. he he wrote a 20 page ebook uh that you know, we all read recently and he dives into that in his, in this book um, where, you know, he talks about the shifting and the carousel of your social group. Um, yeah. and, and a big reason is, I, I guess he calls it the Goldilocks effects where some friends come in too hot, some friends come in too cold, and then some friends are exactly what you need. Like, you know, BBKC one's talking about where, Sometimes all you need is that friend that checks in, brings food. They admit that they don't know what to say to you, but they're there to listen to you. Like sometimes that's all we need as as guys when we're just sad and, you know, we just want to be with our friends. And unfortunately, uh, people don't have the capability to deal with that or they don't want to deal with it. So it it sucks because some of these friends in your life are some of the closest friends you've had for decades. And it just throws you off. Nobody prepares you for some of your closest friends and family to just not be prepared to support you or not know how to support you. And you have to essentially shift your social circle. It's, it's brutal, but it's the reality of the world we live in. Yeah, because the reality, too, is like it's easy to be friends when times are good and it's easy and you're just going for dinners and going for concerts and watching games and having fun. You know, Mm -hmm. people show their true colors through loss. They show who they are and how they care for you through these types of scenarios. And and like, Brent, I want to be more like you. I'm inspired by you in this way of like, if you're not with me through my worst time, we talk about this shit of like football. Like, if yeah. you weren't a Bills fan when times were bad, get the fuck <laughs> off of the bandwagon when you times did. are good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we have no problem saying, no, obviously, you know, a much different scenario, but it's true. Like, if you weren't with us when times were bad, don't try to be when times are good, vice versa. You know, if you call yourself a friend to me, if you're not with me, in the bad times and just in the good, like then this is maybe I don't need you in that way. Right. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's an understatement. I don't need you. Hmm. I, Clip yeah. I, I mean, like small story. Um, I, I remember I, I was golfing like months after we lost Austin um, and I was golfing uh, with a friend that I would say was more of acquaintance, not, you know, not like one of my closest friends, Mm-hmm. Um, going into it and 
on the course, he just early on, he looked at me and just said, man, I just want you to know I'm, I'm thinking about you and you, like you're in our prayers. Like what you went through is it, I, I've really it's affected me. It's made me pr- uh, uh, like appreciate my relationship with my kids and my wife a little bit more. And I just want you to know that. And then from that moment on, like they've been one of my closest friends here in Connecticut. So again, it goes back to like these people that uh, you you would be so unexpected that you, you never would have thought these would be the people that step up, but they do. And that's that it, that's what happens. Nobody prepares you for that. Yeah, great point. We have that great plan. Awesome. Brian, run us out on our last listener question of nobody prepares you for. Okay. Bob, it is a great name. Bob Baldo. What's up, dude? Uh, Winner. Uh, (laughs) No one prepares you for everything you deal with between hearing your baby has no heartbeat through delivery. And he has a couple bullet points. uh, Not knowing what to pack because you were no way to prepare for this. The loneliness and the sleepiness of waiting for the delivery with your wife while, while your wife sleeps due to pain medications and the pure silence when your baby is born. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, you, you asking this one is probably fitting. Cause you know, Brandon yeah. and I can speak to this answer. Like yep. I, Bob Baldo, you're my man. Like I, I, I yeah, I, this resonates so significantly, like the loneliness and sleeplessness of waiting for the delivery while your wife sleeps due to pain medications. I, I so distinctly remember losing Beckham being in the hospital for days and we birthed Beckham. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, we, Jessica was mm-hmm. 20 weeks. Like it's not like contractions are starting or anything along those lines. Like you have to medically induce all of that. And that takes time. And, you know, so from the time we went into the hospital to the time we had and birthed Beckham and spent four beautiful hours with him, uh, we always know like we make up numbers and the times on this. Jessica will totally call me out for being wrong, but it was like a day and a half. Like, like it felt like a day and a half. And it was probably somewhere in that time range. Uh, so much so that like nurse rotation switched and she fell asleep and she had an epidural um, and, and then had pain medications and fell asleep. And I remember exactly this point of i have a fucking terrible memory by the way and i remember this clear as a thank you um sitting in that same chair that every dad has ever sat in in any hospital in the world sitting there right oh it lounges great Get your feet up, Daddy. Yeah, still wearing a mask too, because this is COVID. Yeah. Uh, KN95. Um, and watching Jessica sleep because she was basically knocked out and just, you know, her heart rate monitor, but knowing that my child inside of her is not alive and is not going is going to be born and is going to be born not alive. And just it's 2 a.m. dark room nobody there she's asleep and that like dealing with from your baby has no heartbeat through delivery like those moments holy fuck and and i i commend you bob baldo for pulling this out of me because i black that shit out i'm not gonna lie like i haven't 
um, dealt with this and put myself back in those moments because they are so painful to deal with. Um, and, but it's cathartic to talk about it, uh, and important to remember those pieces. So, so thank you. I'm going to ride right next to you on, on my horse with you of just the moment like, we obviously had the well we did the same procedure we did with Gabby a c-section because got Joellen was at um 39 weeks so we went through the whole procedure like we were having a living child but we weren't obviously so yeah like, there were moments where like all right it's time and I'm like it's gonna happen oh, she's gonna wake up she's gonna wake up there's moments like that where I remember you saying that, that. right and that yeah. first you know season like oh she's gonna wake up she's gonna wake up but then also like they're doing obviously the same thing the same cutting I can I can smell it I think I said this in the, I definitely said it in the first season I can smell the flesh burning from the c-section I can smell it right now and like when the doctor you know hands the Astoria Come on, baby. Like, come on, you can wake up. Like, come on, come on. Like, no one was for that. Like, no. that that feeling of like, what is it? Where I'm looking for here? Failure. Uh, any word that relates to that at this moment, right now, I can't think right now. But yes, yeah. where I'm at right now, defeat, so on and so forth. And just, oh, motherfucker, that word is killing me. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, bud. I'm going to clip Sorry. every so on and so forth all season, dude, and I'm just going to, like, play it. Can I just have, yeah. are there any worse words in the world than your baby has no heartbeat? I, blacked I mean, out. and I've Period. heard some fucked up shit. I've had a doctor blacked say, out. you have cancer. We have to now treat it. You're at risk of dying. Yeah. And hearing that my baby Austin had no heartbeat when we brought him to the hospital, it's it it beats it by ten thousand miles. It it that is the moment where your life literally changes for yeah. forever. And it's not like a little change. It is like it it breaks my heart just even reading those words yeah. just now. And how he wrote it, like in quotes, too, right? Like, yeah. it just that even hits so poignantly, Bob Baldo. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. love your name, by the way. So I keep calling you. <laughs> You're not just Bob to me. You're Bob Baldo. I wonder um, if he's bald. I hope so. Come into the community if you're not. If he is, brother, join the party. <laughs> you're, you're good company, Bob Baldy. Um, <laughs> it. What the hell was I going to say? I got confused, but. Um, you're right. You're talking like, about it being in quotes and like how, yeah. how powerful yeah. that can be. It's it, that world. The You were starting to say, Brian, like it's by 10,000 miles. Like that is the moment your life changes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like you hear those words. You are instantly no longer a father of a living child or a father that is hoping to have a living child. Like, everything fundamentally changes for you in that moment. Yeah. Some of these sub bullets here, not knowing what to pack because you were no way prepared for this. I remember we, we, because of having a TFMR, we knew we were going to the hospital. We had a little bit of time. So we did know what to pack for a couple of days. 
but it was the, the most miserable fucking experience. I'm like, yeah. I am. It's like I'm packing for a weekend to come visit you guys. You oh, know, like, oh you know, yeah. Like, no, but it was felt like I was packing like my same my weekender bag to come mm-hmm. to Buffalo or to Connecticut. Yeah. Like, and I was. I remember being. We talk about anger a lot in this. I remember being fucking miserable doing that. Like, I don't want to do any of this shit because I know what I'm packing for. Yeah. The pure silence when your baby is born. I, whew, I, I remember that deafening silence so significantly, but we talk about like the blur and blocking shit out. Like, because, you know, for, I'm probably stating the obvious here, but you know, a baby is born and you hear the cry and that cry never came. And that. It's the loudest re- cry yeah. ever. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Just sorry, I called you guys bastards, but I didn't mean to call you bastards because I really, I, I don't, like we said, we block everything. All I hear is the little. That's all I, I'm fine. Like, they gave the baby to me after they got done, and I'm like, you hear and, and Oh, and her doctor. Saying like it, it's okay, like it's okay, everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be okay. Uh, yeah, I, I block all that out, right, dude? I block, I block everything out. Uh, Bob Baldo, <laughs> my man, you are the man. But all of you that sent in questions, yeah. we are so grateful for the questions you sent. Uh, a little in great in scale, like the questions you sent, your followership, and your names are all just yeah. so good. They're so <laughs> Bob Baldo, Long Legs, Big City, Long. right? Uh, are you Blake Griffin? Are you not? Are you Stewie Griffin? Yeah. I'm still kind of curious. Um, <laughs> that... I mean, Chris White is the, the best yeah. basic name we have on here, and I'll take that's that. right. Mr. I love it, Mr. Anonymous. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. come on, come on. You rule He's the, the world. the biggest partier of them all. <laughs> so, now, you know. I do have a ahead, couple Brian. others that I wrote down. Bring them in. Just at least so we, we, we have a, a couple more kind of, I guess, is this Is this going to be your fuck you man moment that you've always yeah, wanted? Please, please do it. Uh, do, no, it do it. Do it. I, I got all the fuck you mans like out of my system, I think, last episode. <laughs> no, you did it. No, you did it. Yeah, the last season. Nobody prepares for it. That's actually yeah. true. Um, I, as we're sitting here, I might think of a couple other fuck you mans, but there you go. The, the one thing that happened to me recently that I, we didn't touch on the la- uh, last, nobody prepares it to, but my, my son started kindergarten. And when we went into that initial, like first day of class where they tell you like, what's going on here, here's what we're doing. We realized, and, and my son ended up having three kindergarten teachers this whole year. One was like. Uh, took another job and then they had a temporary one. And then there was a third, like more permanent one. But we had to tell each one of those teachers about the death of Austin because we knew it was important that they knew that in case Colin had either talked about him or there was some like, you know, emotional moment that he had. Mm -hmm. And then, that moment had to be repeated a few times with like coaches of certain activities and it's now become nobody prepares you for having to talk about your dead child to 
random strangers <laughs> just to keep your mental health of your kid like yeah. so they are aware of what's hi going coach on. Uh, hi yeah. coach joe hi mr Teresa. Field, yeah. but uh, <laughs> guess what he's got a dud brother it's like yeah it, fuck. nobody prepares you for that it's such mm-hmm. a good one brian i yeah. the same thing as i was alluding to earlier moving to this neighborhood Beautiful yeah, families, yeah. kids running around everywhere. Hey, we're Brad and Jessica and Ashton. Yeah, we're the Cougets. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, and it, like nobody prepares you for oh, just being cool. like, oh, what? like wah, wah. Debbie Downers over here sometimes. Yeah, because we we've talked about choosing like who you tell or mm-hmm. you know like talking about how yes. many kids you you have, but. I'm now learning as the kids get older, there's certain situations where I have to, do, like, I have to say it to these yes. people. Yes. Well, in yeah. a, a part that for you to build on, Brian, is like, because we think at some point in time, our kids are going to say something that is going to ripple, right? right. They're going to say something yeah. to another kid on the field or to one of their coaches. Talk to that, Brian. Oh, oh go, Brian. Go. No, no, go, 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 go. So, okay. Field trip. of her class now her class she's been with them for well obviously three years now since pre-k three so they know the story the teacher yep. that she had knew the story so the next teacher it was her same teacher so it was great this new teacher we had to tell and we're like hey listen so she talked about a story of you know that passed away you know daughter so she brings her up and all the kids in the class are like Oh, we already know about Astoria. She has a, a rock. <laughs> she has a grave. She has a rock. She so we have a, a stone at the, yeah. at the uh, cemetery. But like, oh, she has a. Is that her? And like, anytime they see a cardinal, Gabby goes, "There's nice. my sister." And like, like are we? Are we like? Look, I mean, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Number one, but yeah. like, what are the other parents saying? Like, when they're going, when the kids are going home and saying, "Oh, look, there's a cardinal. That's Gabby's sister." I'm like, what the hell is going on with it? Yeah. No one prepares like the awkward conversations of like that you're having with your Yeah, it's like my son's good at reading, he likes math, and oh yeah, he's got a dead brother and he's gonna have severe like emotional issues potentially. (laughs) Right. Well, because you bring up such a point that I want to just zoom in there for a moment, Brian. Like we talk a lot about being very selective around who we share this with because it is such an intimate moment. And, you know, some of it, like we going back to work, we had that whole conversation, like, and how to answering the question, how many kids do you have? Like being selective around that because sometimes it's contextual and like, hey, I'm going to know you for the next 20 minutes of life because it's a work meeting. We're not getting into it. But in these moments, like a coach, a teacher, uh, somebody like a new neighbor, like you have to, um, and it's important and cathartic and then all those types of, but like, it's a part of this whole grief journey that I never actually put my finger on until you brought this one up, Ryan, mm-hmm. of like, yeah, there are those moments and we'll always have those moments because we all right. have young kids, right? Like Austin, uh, uh, Colin's six now, six. Yeah. Six. So like, you know, yeah, maybe 10 years from now, he's not bringing it up as often when he's, you know, playing high school ball or golf or, you know, walking onto Dartmouth's D1 golf team or, or not Dartmouth. Sorry. He's going to yeah. be uh, a, uh, Cornell. Uh, Cornell guy like you. Yeah. Yep. Um, you said Dartmouth when you saw Ashton's preschool photo. And I think that one's, <laughs> I think it looks like it's his Dartmouth uh, freshman year photo. Um, my son has much better hair than I do, everyone. But nevertheless, it, like the next handful of years, 
because kids say the darndest things, right? Yeah. It's a really interesting point, man. I, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Did yeah, you have I'm one sure more? I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I did. And this, I, this is my fuck you, man. Do and it. remember, so fuck you, man. And some instances, woman, fuck you, woman. I, I respect women, but in this <laughs> it, yeah, for context, thing, yeah. Uh, don't you fucking dare dare comment on like a random social media post and just air out everything that I've gone yeah. through uh, without at my permission. Um, like I've had that where I've like I, I've posted just something non-related to Austin or anything. And like somebody comes from the fucking clouds and they're like, I've been thinking about Austin and how he died and, and so and like, and just gets into the details. And I'm like, Jesus, like, this is not your story to just tell. Like, this is a private thing. Like text me, like DM me, but don't just, I mean, it's the nature of social media media and the world we live in now, but it makes me now nervous to like, even post shit on social media because of just everything we've gone through and the way people react, but fuck it's off. A great Seriously. point, man. And this sounds like a G and G Q and a waiting to happen yeah. here. Yeah. Um, because there's beauty and amazing and connection and connectivity in social media. Um, yep. but there is a lot of downfalls in that nightmare of a social world that we're in. And you're totally right. Because like on one hand, I remember probably on this episode last year, we talked about just, you know, the beauty of people bringing, talking about Austin and mentioning yes, Beckham's name him. and mentioning yeah. Astoria and like coming to us and saying those things. But it's one thing to pick up the phone or when you're at a coffee shop or you, sure. you know, you see that person yeah. face to face. It's another yeah. thing to put it on my fucking Facebook wall. Yeah. Right. Is oh, it yeah. still a wall? Is that what it's called? Like, I think so. <laughs> Zuckerberg, where are we at, bud? Yeah. Um, like, like that is a the same comment yeah. in a different platform. Yeah, totally fucking different. Yeah, yeah and it, and I honestly think it's because like some people just like they want the the credit of like I'm I'm a nice I guy. Care like, for I'm, you. I look at me. Feelings for you and look at how like nice I am. And it's like I know what you're doing here. Just fuck off. Like I, get, I, get out I of my wish. life. I wish our listeners could see the smoke that is coming off of Brad's ears. <laughs> <laughs> These headphones are Whoa. sizzling. Yeah. Boy, man, it is hot, steamy over there. My gosh. My gosh. Oh, oh, those yeah. are good ones. Wow. Brian. Yeah. Fantastic, Brian. Fantastic kid. I, I actually did. It's the best. And this will clearly be one every single season of Guys in Grief. And. Uh, you know, maybe it reoccurs because clearly it resonates for us. It resonates for all our incredible listeners that wrote in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to shout out, we didn't get to everybody's. Um, many of you did write in and some of them were, uh, you know, somewhat consistent with either other questions that were written. Uh, some of them were overlapping with topics that we covered off in last year's Nobody Prepares You For or different G&G Q&As. Um, mm-hmm. But we just want to thank all of you that did respond and reach out um, and then let you know that we did not forget about you and we did not overlook you. Um, but we felt like these were the ones that really kind of resonated uh, from a conversation perspective of where we could really uh, go deep in this G&G q and uh, I'm sorry, on this nobody prepares you for topic. <laughs> Fellas, any, any final ones? 
Uh, Brandon? I'm, mine's going more towards anger, so I'm going to leave those right where they lay right now. I'm in All a right. good mood. It's anniversary day. Don't end with anger. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not going to end with anger. back in anger. I heard you say. <laughs> That's my best. Oasis. I, I was a little upset you are dropping off from who's who's your dad and what's he do. I can bring it back if you guys want. You know, it, I mean, it, it was kind of comfortable. I, we we can do a shameless plug with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I mean, that's on you. I it, might it get was some other like Arnold pocket. movies for you to quote because I just love the do impression they have to be Arnold movies. <laughs> so like some weird Terminator reference at the beginning of the. <laughs> What was, that, what was the movie that he was looking for the toy on Christmas? Oh, God. Oh, what was that? Oh, I know what you're talking about. That's like about. another like weird Arnold movie. Oh, <laughs> I was no, a big True Lies fan, too. Twins, True Lies. Yeah. Yeah, Twins was very <laughs> awkward. We'll do a very movie awkward. review on our next episode if you want to really love stick it. around till the end. Hilarious. Well, fellas, we are we're probably running out of time here. Um, this is what's nice to I feel like we're maturing. Uh, I think there was more emotion and almost tears than there were f bombs in this episode, which is a progression of our grief process compared to this episode true. last year. Yeah, and, oh, and can I say one more thing about this episode uh, specifically? This is really the first episode that like we've been able to like connect with our listeners and like multiple listeners, mm-hmm. not just have like a guest on or like talk about something, but like it, it really felt good that Agreed. we had such a great uh, at, like pouring of support and, and people were participating. It means yeah. a lot to us. It, fe- it felt really cool to kind of uh, it, just read these questions off the script like we didn't even really talk about it before we jumped on this pod tonight like we kind of wanted it to be more raw reaction um and it just it it feels really cool that we were able to connect with a lot of you guys especially um a bunch of you i know have like always been there commenting on episodes and posts and stuff like that and we appreciate the support keep sharing the pod this is probably a great episode to share if you're trying to get people into the pod yeah um you know so thank you it's just we love you guys and uh keep keep sending in commentary on episodes and stuff yeah i completely agree brandon go ahead no no i was just gonna say like i completely agree with just please keep in contact with us just keep communicating with us keep out reaching out that's right it's one thing if we're like just speaking into these microphones and listening in our headphones, but like to actually have like the tangible conversations and, and get to know the people that are listening. And we do appreciate that. So thank you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just putting a bow on this, if, if you mm-hmm. all as listeners like and prefer this format, we will do our very best to bring as much of this format into the conversation as possible. Um, you know, we have our little bit of a rubric of how we're approaching this season, but as we said in the very first episode of season two, you know, we're planning on this, this way, but we're also very willing to call an audible and see, you know, approach things in a different way. If it feels natural and appropriate. And the reality is if you all tell us you want us to do more of this, and we'll do more Game of this. On. So yeah. this, and we can even it'd be fun to bring on like old guests too to just participate in this. So it's not our like 
same stories that you guys are hearing, but uh, yeah, this is fun. I mean, it's so this like is all relatable people. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is equally cathartic for us, but this is all for Ooh. you. So Absolutely. thank you all for writing in with us. Thank you for continuously listening and for allowing us to have a little bit of a, a fun time here with one of our favorite episodes that nobody prepares you for. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. Love you guys. Love, Love you guys. If you valued from this content, we ask you to share this podcast with others that could equally benefit. Leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to help us improve our outreach and to follow Guys in Grief on Instagram and Facebook. Also, if you'd like to join us and share your story, email us at guysandgrief at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.